0: Following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on bicbp-radio.com. Welcome to Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast with your hosts E Z D, Derek Jaws, Big Diesel, Nick Yellich, T Wave, Taylor Sekuturski, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. This one is a very special one, as it is the first episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats on ice. I debated calling it on ice or on the rocks, but you know, we'll try both out to see Ooh, how we feel. We do feel. like on the rocks. We do like on the rocks. I am joined by Big Diesel, who is going to be stepping in for Matt Taylor as our resident hockey guy because, well, frankly, Matt doesn't like doing stuff anymore. So uh, we are here. I am I'm with my man Nick, and uh, bro, it's hockey season. Yeah, the puck has dropped, bud. The puck has dropped, bud. I, I did tell people that the Canadian accents might be out in force today. Listen,
1: when I watch hockey, I just get a
0: little Canadian. you got to get a little Canadian. You know, we're Buffalo.
1: We're kind of – we're half
0: Canadian. We're we're, we're Canada South, eh? Yeah, pretty much. I'll boot it? Just a hop, skip, and a jump over the ditch there. So, you know, it's been a while for hockey. Uh, They did – they finished out the the season last year, and by the season I mean a a playoff version of hockey um, where they did the – Yeah, the bubble. The bubble. Um, which interestingly enough, the the some of the biggest news coming out right now is the NHL dealing with COVID issues early and often. Yeah, uh, like the ve- like the uh, Vegas Golden Knights right now do not have coaches. Correct.
1: And Dallas did not get to play the first week of the season because 17 of their 22 had tested positive. Got back on the ice this week, and then Carolina had some issues, so they didn't play this week. So there's yeah.
0: It, it feels like it's going to be a little touch and go. It is.
1: It's, it's already a mashed together schedule and the postponements are only going to make the end of the year that much crazier. And every game
0: a division game. Yeah, which is interesting because you'd like to hope that, you know, it, the way they realigned the divisions, which was some big news for this year, um, it's it's geographical. Kind of. Kind of. I mean, I look at at the East Division, Washington, Boston, Philly, Pittsburgh, New Jersey, Buffalo, New York, and New York. That's that's pretty regional.
1: Yeah, no, honestly, the, the biggest thing that came out of this is that St. Louis and Colorado got screwed because they have to go play in California and Vegas. So they still have to go over a time zone. Then the Central, all of them have to go off of Nashville and Chicago, which are the Central time zone, but there's also the Florida teams who are Eastern time zone Right. Dallas, like, it's a mess there. And then Canada is – it's a country.
0: It, yeah, it's an you entire know, it's, country. It's, it's so, not.
1: there's – you're going from western time zone to eastern time zone and back and forth, and it that's a mess. And then the east, everybody's eastern time zone. You get back home. Yeah, you can by drive like to every single one of these every games. Every game starts at, at 7 p.m. The teams are going to be home by 11 p.m. They're going to be getting their nightly rest. So, the east is, like – it's a group of death because the teams are really good, but at yeah. the same time, there's no travel.
0: No. I, like, you could very feasibly drive to every single one of these games. Correct. Yeah, they're all, like, a three-hour to six-hour drive. Right, like, like Philly's, like, five-ish. Philly's six. Uh, New Jersey's about seven and a half. I've actually done that one. You know, New York, yeah. depending upon traffic in the day. Boston's about six and a half. Boston's about six and a half. I mean, it. but it, the, the fact that these Pittsburgh's, are, Pittsburgh's right down the road. You know, like, that's an easy oh one. God, that's a, that's a hop, skip, and a jump. Which, it, it confuses me that you you easily, easily could have gotten Columbus. Right. And Detroit.
1: See, my, my thought was, is that the New York team's... Would go with Washington, Carolina, the Florida teams into the Central, and then the like the East would kind of be Columbus and the northern part
0: of the Northeast. Right. Because I mean, because really, you could you could technically lump Chicago in there too. Yeah, like, I know it's all
1: it's like the Great Lakes region. Yeah,
0: and and then throw Boston in there, I well, guess. Yeah, because I mean, because what else are you gonna and do? and the New York teams. You know, but I mean, you look at this. Like, look at this division we're in. Like, and my say us. We're we're Sabres fans again. This is a Buffalo centric pro sports podcast. So we do talk about everybody. We love our teams. We talk shit about other teams. It's kind of how we roll. If you if this is your first time listening to us, because you're a hockey guy or gal, um, yeah, all the puck bunnies out there, slide in the DMs for uh, the
1: tits. Yeah, we'll we'll send you our tits, not the other way around. <laughs>
0: Oh, that could have gotten real weird. But um, it did it. No. No, I give, you, I give you a lot of credit. So, uh, like, Washington, Boston, Philly, Pittsburgh, New Jersey, Buffalo, New York, and New York. That's an insane, insane division. And I said when I first saw it that we'd be lucky if we finished fifth.
1: Yeah, no, It's it's a tough division, but I don't know, man. The Rangers are... Well, you know what? Let's start. Let's let's go let's go division by division. We'll start with the East. Yeah. So, we'll start with the East and going down the rankings from from top to bottom in the East. Boston is ranked 8 in the Tits. Capitals are ranked 9. Then you got Philly at 11. Then you got New Jersey at 15, Islanders at 16, Sabers at 19, and the Rangers at the bottom at 28. So, most of that 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 division is from the middle of the pack up. Yeah. You know, Um, it's just like they said at the beginning of the year, it's the group of death.
0: Very easily. I mean, and like you you look at some of the players that are on these teams, too. And like I'm I'm doing my best here because I'm just getting he's not a big hockey guy, but it's okay. I am a big hockey guy, but I haven't been recently. Yeah. Like I I I used to live and die by the Sabres when I was younger. And then with the lockout and everything, I kind of fell off and the bills got good. The Sabres got bad and it was all kind of downhill from there. But, uh, you know, I'm looking to get – dive back yeah, in. Yeah, I, and I know a couple of my friends
1: in the – you know, because of the Bills' success, and they're like, all right, man, like, let's get the Sabres going too. I want to have a ride there as well in the offseason. Um, and we'll start at the top of this division with Boston just, just to look at some numbers. They have a less than 100% shot efficiency is what we call it, which is shooting percentage plus save percentage. If you're under 100, obviously that's that's – an issue because that means that you're not scoring on the opposing goalie as much as your goalie's is stopping the opposition if that right. makes sense so boston's under 100% on that but they're at the top of the division buffalo for example has a has a 98% shot efficiency new jersey's over 100 at 101.4 so they could easily jump up they're they're playing they're playing good hockey islanders 100.2 and the rangers 96.7 Oh, and then Philly, Philly, Philly scores in bunches, and you can see this. They got blown out by the Bruins this past week, like six to one, because Carter Hart sucked. But they're at a hundred four point five percent shooting percentage plus save percentage. So, with their goalie who had like an eighty percent save percentage on the night, they're still putting the puck in the net at such a ridiculous rate.
0: Right. You know, and so before we go any further on this, like we're talking about. Our tits. And for those of you who, if you haven't listened or haven't been paying attention to our social media stuff and you come across this because you're a hockey fan and it's posted in a hockey group. Yeah. the, The tits are what we refer to as the totally indisputable team ranking system. And it's the tits for short because totally indisputable team ranking system is a lot to say. Correct. So on purpose, basically what this is, is a formula that is put together and you can see it at the bottom if you see the actual graphic. Uh, it's, it includes wins by goal differential minus losses by goal differential point percentage, one goal game record, strength of schedule, last 10 games, shots for and against and special teams efficiency. And that all goes into a numerical ranking that basically puts how, how strong your team is. And we have to come out and say this because we had some issues with it during the NFL season. This does not dictate, especially in the NHL. And I think hockey fans will be more appreciative of this. Just because you lose to a team head-to-head last night doesn't mean the, uh, right. that they're the better team. Right. Um, this is a flat-out, unbiased ranking of how the teams are performing as a whole over the course of a long period of time.
1: There's a lot of analytical sites out there who have what's called a simple rating system for teams. And this is like three different versions of that compiled into one, and we're just looking to have some fun with it. But at the same time, it tracks how good a team wins or loses or is playing. And then week by week, you can kind of see, is that team rising or falling? Um, and, yeah, it's it's not about your feelings. Like, it people will come out and be like, wow, they're, they're hating on the Predators. I can't believe that. The Predators did this this week. They, they won by four goals or whatever. And it's like, okay. But overall, it has nothing to do with how you think the Predators are playing because they had a good game.
0: It's about the entire body of work, and it's based off statistics. Yeah and a great example of that is the uh looking at through the standings here the Rangers are 1 and 4 and sitting at 28th and the Senators are sitting at 1 and 4 and 1 and sitting at 30th and you would look and say well how does that work well because of the math right is really what it boils down to
1: well and the uh, the, the one that's going to stick out this week um Dallas Stars and Florida Panthers. Dallas had the outbreak in the first week, so they only, they played three games this week and won all of them. So it's the same thing that happened in the NFL season where Kansas City won and kept winning and didn't have – if there's no losses to put in on this, you're not going to get the negative points for the goal differential or any of the record kind of things. Uh, and then at that point it comes down to if you got good efficiency stuff, then you're going to – Rack up the points, and that's how it goes. But as soon as you get a loss, you're going to drop right back down.
0: Right, and we saw that in our NFL tits with uh, the Steelers, I believe. Right, it would have been. right.
1: But at the same time, the, that's why we're starting to do the graphics and stuff. The underlying numbers can show you that some teams are just on a hot streak versus others are, like, legitimate. And uh, the the second team that that is interesting this week is uh, the number four team, Florida. Also 3-0, and haven't lost. No fault of their own, they got games postponed against Dallas from the first week, and then Carolina this week. So they're they're going through the Steelers rigmarole, uh, if you want right. to look at it like that. And they're like, well, what the heck? Now we got to play a condensed schedule, even more condensed at the end of the year. We didn't
0: even have an outbreak. Right. It's not our fault. Right. Like, we didn't do anything, but we're the ones getting screwed with. And right. it, they're they're going to run a gauntlet at the end there because yeah. you got to right. make up those games. So. Um, Interesting thing, too, with the – it's a pure divisional schedule, like we said, which is going to make for some really interesting playoff matchups when Mm -hmm. you cross over and everything else. I haven't seen anything on how they're going to shake the playoffs out. Do you you know? Yeah,
1: I I believe it's going to be 1v4, 2v3 in divisions. Okay. And then I don't know if they're going to go all the way down to division champs, division champ, division champ. I actually don't know when it gets that deep. They might do. They might do what they usually do, which is like they'll
0: reseed after the first round. Right. Um. So kind of kind of start the first round in a division with right. the ones ones. One, right. Four, so you two, get three, the rivalry in the first round, and then you kind of break out. Oh God! I hope there. So, okay, I'll get to that later. But I, I'm I'm. It's going to be interesting when you start crossing divisions because unlike in years past, you've had. Where you play the other division, the other conference. Right. Like- well,
1: and that's where the big controversy this year comes in. It's like the West is a weak division, they're very top heavy. They got like three good teams, and then the rest of them are the California teams are all kind of rebuilding. Right. So then you look at the East, and the bottom teams right now are the Rangers and the Sabres, who have had a lot of number one picks or top 10 picks in the past couple of years and are trying to be good. And then you got teams that have made runs in the past couple of years. So it's like the how do you compare that when the Sabres could be one and five playing against the East and Anaheim could be three and four playing in the West, and Anaheim could be way
0: worse than Buffalo. Right. And that's I mean so so the West could basically be the NHL's version of the NFC East. Correct. Where you could have four teams that make the playoffs with a better record than the team that makes the playoffs because they're in that division. Right. And that to me is gonna be
1: It's 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 gonna be the tough part. But at the same time, like Looking at it long term, if we're the Sabres this year and we barely miss out on the playoffs, it sucks again. But you're going to end up in the draft lottery. You know what I mean? And you're going to have a good team already and another draft lottery pick. So it's a double edged sword. And you look at the other thing is you look at the East, Crosby and Malkin in Pittsburgh. How much longer do they got? Crystal Tang is the same question in Pittsburgh. So there's the top two centers and your top defenseman. If you look at Washington, Ovi and Backstrom, both getting up there. John Carlson, how much does he have left in the tank? There's your top two offensive options and your number one defenseman. You can go down the list in the east, and the top is really good right now, but they're also older. Right. So the Devils, the Rangers, and the Sabres, who are all probably going to finish at the bottom, whatever. You don't actually know what's going to happen. But those are the younger teams who, like, if they miss the playoffs, they're going to end up with just one more piece again because Crosby and Melkin hung out on for one more ride that they're not going to end up seeing to the finish. Right.
0: So, I, I think the big question, before we dive into the Sabres, I, this year is going to be interesting for me because when you look at pure divisional play, when you see the same teams and the same dudes time after time after time, there's a chance that these th- this hockey season might get a little bloody, and I know the NHL is yeah. not built like that anymore. I right. love it, but I, I'm getting I'm getting a tingling feeling, yeah in in that spot in my brain that says when you play a team a whole bunch, all of a sudden you know it's f- already fisty going, man. It's already going like, especially the Canadian
1: division, and that's the funny part too is they only got seven teams in that division, oh, so God. you're playing teams nine or ten times instead of just eight, right? And like, there's already been chippiness and. If you've ever played sports, you know like one accident in a game that looks like a cheap shot or anything will set it off, and then yep. all of a sudden the rest of that game is is you know it's going back and forth, and then guess what? In the NHL, you got to see that team either the next night or two nights from now, and then you go a couple couple weeks, and then you got to see them for another back to back, and you got that throughout the whole season, and then by the time you get to playoffs, that same team sees you in the first round, like like. The enforcer fighting thing is gotten out of the game because of how open the game got. But now that it's in division, defensive hockey, stuff like that, and hits, fighting, it's all going to end up rising back. And I'm here for it. I love it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I want to see goalie brawls at center ice. It's possible. I, I don't know if it'll get that far, but if it's going to, it'll so be this year. on that
1: topic, let's segue into the Sabres because it is becoming apparent that we're a skilled team like like we've been trying to be but we just kind of can get bitched around. Erasmus De- Dolan, he's like 6'3 and you know he's still a puppy, he's 20 years old and he's getting bullied. He's getting he's getting hit in the corners by bigger big lines who are getting down deep, finishing their checks and it's kind of starting to shell him, and we don't have anybody who will ever respond. We have Risto Linen who will go and throw a hit, like Risto Smash. He doesn't actually like... Love a good like, Risto Smash. Yeah, <laughs> I love Risto, and I love Risto Smash. I'm a big Risto truther, so all of you out there who want to trade him, you're just stupid. You're going to trade Risto to look for a guy like Risto. He Risto truther. He doesn't, he doesn't actually know how to pick and choose when he hits because he is just Risto Smash. You need... Honestly, we got rid of Zach Cassian for Cody Hodgson. He would have been perfect, or Tom Wilson, the big body who they hope it they hoped it was gonna be Tage Thompson. Turns out Tage Thompson, despite being six foot seven, likes to shoot the puck and dangle, and there's nothing wrong with that. But he's not gonna be the guy who Dowling goes in the corner gets smoked by Tom Wilson. Is gonna stand up in his grill and do something. We got McCabe and Ristolainen for that, and it's like that's just not gonna do it if it gets chippier.
0: Interestingly enough, uh, that was something that was said the other day. We were, watching the, uh, we were watching the game during the NFC Championship game, and I believe it was Eric Stahl. It was either Eric Stahl or Taylor Hall got hit into the boards, like good hard hit, ended up in a turnover that ended up in a goal. Right. And Taylor actually looked and said, my stud just got buried in the corner and nobody blinked. That's not a good sign.
1: I mean, yeah, that one wasn't...
0: It, was, it wasn't a dirty hit. It right. was, See,
1: that's 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 the other thing with the NHL that I think is... There's a lot of overreaction from fans on somebody gets smoked and they want somebody to, to go and, and beat somebody up. And it's like, well, no, if it's a good clean hit, that's fine. But the the hits I'm talking about on Darlene especially is like, Darlene goes into the corner, his... He's facing the glass. Right. He's so about so a foot off of the wall. So it's essentially
0: he, full tilt boarding or even a right, charge. Exactly. And, and
1: he's he's clearing a backhand up the wall and somebody's coming through that front shoulder and plastering him. And then he's getting fit. He's getting jawed to the glass and stuff like that. Right. And it's like at that point, it's not even I don't need somebody to fight. I just need somebody to go over there and start being a pest to that guy. I need somebody to go over there and be like, listen, motherfucker, you keep doing that
0: to my kid. We're going to like I'm going to have to kick the shit out of you. Right. And that, and that's where and I know again we've talked about the the old, enforcers of old are gone. You know that's not a thing that's in the game anymore. But that's almost where you want a guy who's willing to be him if needed. Right. So well, you, you can't to, you can't just have that roster spot for a goon. Right. Well, but the, you need a dude who can goon.
1: We need we need a Patrick Coletta and it's not even the biggest guy, right? Patrick right. Coletta. He he would score what? 9 goals a year. He would Get a couple of assists. Yeah. Like, he would produce a bit offensively for what he did, but at the same time, he would be the guy finishing checks. He'll fight anybody if needed. He plays with that edge, and I sound like Craig Revee right now, <laughs> and I want people to understand that I did play hockey, so, like, I do know a bit about the game of hockey, and the number one thing I was always taught is there are certain points where you have to make a hit which will turn the play. And you saw that with the Taylor Hall one. That was a good clean hit, but it turned the play, turned, made a turnover, results in a goal. Immediately. How, how many guys on our team are going to dump the puck into the corner, go lay a hit, create a turnover, and a two-on-one? Right. Like, I know guys who will try, like Toby Reeder and Curtis Lazar. They'll go flying in there, and they'll try to make a play like that. But they're just not. they're just not it. They don't have that full edge, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you still need a guy like that.
0: You know, and it's – and th- this is where my knowledge of the modern game is lacking. Um, like, I'm looking through yeah, the Sabres. You, the last time you watched was was right at the end of the dead puck era and yeah.
1: starting of the offensive takeover, but it was still a bit of a mix.
0: Yeah. And, like, I'm looking, I'm looking through, like, the Sabres depth chart right now, and obviously, like, I know who Eichel and Stahl are, but Cody Eakin and Curtis Lazar, I don't really know. Cody
1: Eakin, Stanley Cup. I don't know if he was a finalist. I, I don't know if he won it with Washington or if he was actually on Vegas that year. I think he was on Vegas from the, uh, the what's it called expansion draft. Right. Then went to Winnipeg last
0: year. Now he's with us. He's kind of like a journeyman, just um, like a a journeyman veteran guy that yeah. Kind of kind of like more like that leader type. Like he's been there. Well,
1: they, they they brought him and Toby Reader, uh, in to be Tobias Reader. Well, what a name. Yeah, Tobias. I call him Toby because, like, Toby McGuire, right. OG Spider-Man. Toby, yeah. you're my dude. Anyway, uh, we brought o- Eakin and Reader in to be penalty kill specialists. Oh. Um, and that that was to go with Lazar, who was also in that role. And the fourth one ended up being Shahan, but it was supposed to be Zemgus, who was that last year. Right. So there's your four penalty kill specialists, and then you hope that they have offensive capabilities to chip in five on five.
0: Yeah. Uh, obviously, Taylor Hall, Victor Olofsson I know, Skinner, I know, Gergensen, I know, like Reader, you just told me about, I know, Reinhardt, don't know Cousins, I know Acaposo, don't know Sheehan, no Middlestat, don't know Thompson, Jake McCabe, I know Montour, I know Dalene. Obviously, was the big, the big draft pick from a couple years back, who was supposed to save us and take us to the promised land. Uh, Risto, Colin Miller, like there's uh, like probably half the team I know. And, yeah. You know, uh, so like, I, I apologize that I'm I'm not able to to, to chime in a little bit more, um, and that's why I'm defaulting to you on a lot of the stuff. All good, but it's it just it's interesting to me that like to, to build a hockey team and to not have that guy that's willing to go muck it up when needed is just seems wrong.
1: It it is it is because if you really look at like. Let's go back and look at Stanley Cup champions. Patrick Maroon has won the past two Stanley Cups. He's that guy. He's going to go to the front of the net. He'll finish checks. He'll fight if needed. He's a big dude. Uh, Before that, Washington. Um, Honestly, Smith played that role kind of that year, but they also have Tom Wilson. They had Tom Wilson. He's a big dude who plays that. He's actually becoming very offensive. Um, And then you look like the Blackhawks' first cup, they had Dustin Bufflin. The Kings had Anze Kopitar, who, like, he's a Selkie winner, too. So he plays a physical game, but he's clean. He wins Defensive Player of the Year. Right. Um, it, you always got that dude who who plays with that edge. I mean, even the Kings, Dustin Brown, you know, he, he's a smaller guy, but the, you pair him with Kobe, Kopitar's that big dude. He'll go in and steal the puck away, but Dustin Brown's going to go in there and knock your block off right. and go to the net and put it in, back in his prime at least. So... You look at this roster and you go, who's that guy? I know who they want it to be, and it's 6 foot 7 Tage Thompson who we got in the Ryan O'Reilly trade, and he's just not that physical player. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's what I want to stress. Like right. like understand that Th- Tage Thompson still can be a very useful player, but he's not that guy. Honestly, Dylan Cousins, man. The workhorse from Whitehorse. Stud. Guy goes up to the World Junior Championship, which is why he's coming into the season flying. He played a whole tournament before, so he's in right. game mode and ripped it up for Team Canada after their captain went down in the first game. Now he comes to the NHL. He goes to the corner. He's creating turnovers. He looks like baby Ryan Getzloff. And for the casual NHL fan, or Sabres fan, Ryan Getzloff in his prime um, – Led the Ducks to a Stanley Cup championship in 2007 when we lost in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Senators. Right, and he was just that big dude who he was a great setup guy, but also he had that it when it when it came down to it. And Cousins looks like that guy. Would you would you call him a grinder? No, no. You don't want grinders. I'm, listen, I'm asking Zemgus questions. Zemgis is a grinder. I'm asking I, questions. What you, what I'm talking about is the prototypical power forward. Okay. The prototypical power forward, he's going to play good in the corners, ter- create turnovers, go to the front of the net, deflect pucks, hammer home rebounds, and then anything outside of that is you know, cherry on top. And Dylan Cousins also is terrific
0: defensively. Got to love that. So a power forward that leans toward two-way?
1: Power forward is like an offensive leaning two-way forward, basically.
0: Okay. Okay. Okay, Nick. Nick. Okay. Okay, Nick. Nick okay, you don't like that no, I listen, man, I dig it. like I'm and this is what I'm here for. yeah, like I again i I am n- I'm not going to be even remotely claimed to be an expert on the subject. I mean, you have the playing experience and you've been paying a lot more attention than I have. so uh, I'm again planning on changing that as we move forward here now that the bill season is done, which we're not going to talk about The nice next thing
1: week. about the NHL is just that there's there is so many games, so. The more that they play, you get a larger and larger sample size. It's much easier to get a read on guys, chemistry, systems, all right.
0: that. You know, and I, I think I think the NHL does a good enough a good job of like marketing their stars. You know, they it, do, but the issue is is that they're stuck on NBC right now in the T V deal.
1: But that's right. up at the end of the year. Word on the street. Word on the street is NHL deal with ESPN.
0: Which would be huge because huge.
1: ESPN plus would ho- would have all the games. For, so out of town, you could get whatever NHL game you wanted. You don't have to have that game center, ice, pass, whatever. Right. And that would just be – and then, honestly, the ESPN Sports center would actually talk about it again. Yeah. Because they never put the highlights on. They'll no. They'll show, like, one goal and be like, oh, yeah, the game was 6-4. to four, And it's like, what about the other seven goals?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, here's nine dunks and two putts. Yeah. Because one of the dunks was honorable mention.
1: What? <laughs> yeah so hopefully that changes and then then and really they do market the stars well they and do. at that point it could really explode
0: and so if i if i'm ranking the big four sports at right, the big four in america baseball's the worst
1: yeah i was gonna say in marketing Base- terms baseball, baseball is, is awful. awful like baseball I, baseball is so bad that lacrosse just like the, the lacrosse league that just started up is so much better on social media than baseball in two years it's pathetic and they really need to look into
0: that yeah and i, I can tell you because i'm i'm well well immersed yeah, in baseball big twitter. baseball guy over there well immersed in baseball twitter it's toxic yeah because, because it's crazy because like the mlb doesn't do enough and they limit their players like you don't see like players interacting with fans on twitter and posting yeah they can't pictures of training they're not allowed right? to yeah that's crazy yeah the mlb has almost a vince mcmahon-esque like thumb on the pulse of everything that they're doing. And instead of it, like feeling it's the still pulse. Still allowing and... the Astros to cheat. Right. And not <laughs> suspending anybody. But, I mean, you, you're, your players can't post training videos. They can't yeah, post that's... anything. Like, I, I, I was fortunate enough to, to talk to a guy uh who's in the Tampa Bay organization yesterday. And, like, and I expect this to be true of all major sports. But he had to clear that he was doing it like speaking like as himself with, with, like with with his team and i and i respect that and i get it but th- like that's the tip of the iceberg like i said like they can't run their own accounts they can't post their own videos like they can't, yeah. like, everything very, they do goes through the team, the which has to go through the MLB, which is a joke. The and MLB is a very, like, authoritarian league. Yes. And then
1: if you look at it, the NBA is, like, the inverse of that, where it's just they players can do run, whatever, roam free. And,
0: and then in between you have the NFL and the yeah, NHL. Yeah, and I think the NHL. Because of their limitations on TV, which is part of Major League Baseball's issue is they don't like they, they do local blackouts. I know that's that, like that's so stupid, too. Like the, like you could live in California. There's three or four California teams and you might not be able to watch you, a single watching, one of them. You're watching the Diamondbacks
1: play. Yeah. Whoever.
0: Yeah. played friggin the Marlins <laughs> like it's it's insane. It's absolutely insane. And NHL is kind of dealing with that, but only because they're limited to CBS. Right. NBC. NBC. My bad, NBC. Um,
1: NBC. And then, well, the other thing that's that's weird, too, is they have four teams who are through MSG, which is not really affiliated with any of the major um, TV broadcast channels. Right.
0: And how many times have we seen in our time, like, you know, people from this area being like, oh, write a letter to dish because we want MSG back because we won't be able to watch the Sabres. Like, well, right.
1: And well, what, just, what, do you, what do you mean? I can't watch my hockey team. Yeah it's there's well and it's because they got the Knicks, they got the nets they got all that that crap on well i think the nets are actually yes with the yankees but that's beside the point Regardless, the fact that
0: you don't know is a problem like right, that's and right, that's the thing like just, where 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 can i watch football on sundays cbs and fox right. where can i watch it on sunday nights nbc where can i watch it on thursdays nbc well, or the nfl that's network and the
1: other thing where where can i watch hockey on a tuesday night you can't Right, NBCSN has a has a car auction going on. Right, but Wednesday nights at seven o'clock they got one slot free. Yeah, and it's like okay, but you also own USA Channel and all this stuff, and they're like, but you get NBCSN, which is going to fold at the end of the year.
0: Right, yeah. <laughs> and you know, and, and I understand that like the some of the other state we will call them that these companies own, like they put other things on. Like you're not going to you know displace. One of your highest rated shows, something like, I don't know, Monday Night Raw, just to right. put on hockey. Right. But at the same time, like, you're you're, you're not going to tell me that you couldn't put it on something that's showing a rerun of Friends for the nine billionth time. Right. So, like, and I can well, tell you, people watch if, that. If, so. if you're
1: a broadcast channel that owns, what, five different subsections of that channel, you can't find one to play one hockey game a night. Right. One hockey game a night? No, you get you get one on Wednesday and two on Saturday or some nonsense. Yeah. So,
0: and, you know, I, I think that would help. I know Well, help and me. the crazy
1: thing is, is, look how much the ratings go up as soon as the playoffs hit. Everybody knows playoff hockey is where it's at. It's just that there's not exposure
0: during the regular season. Playoff hockey, and, and this is what bothers me about it. I would say the NHL and then MLB are the bottom two in ranking the sports marketability. Just because the NFL is so massive and they have such a control over social media and all that, yes. Yes, and the NBA is; like, those guys are free to do whatever right, the fuck yeah. they want, basically. And then, but those two are easily the most exciting postseasons. Yeah, like, and I love football, and I'm, I, you know, we, we could, I mean, you could go back for two years of this podcast and hear us talk football, playoff baseball, and playoff hockey. Nothing comes close. Yeah, because and, and don't compare the – I hate when people compare the NBA, like, oh, they got
1: seven-game series, too. And it's it's like, not the same. Dude, no, stop it. it the, the other thing that pe- – it's just a hockey thing in general that's similar to baseball is it's a lot of matchups that goes on between coaching and the chess match that people don't get with the last line change and all that. And then you're just watching the game going – oh, man, why why can't Skinner score? And it's like, well, he was going up against their best defensive line for the whole game because that's what their coach wanted to do is make sure he doesn't score. Whatever the first line does is fine. It's all that little stuff. And then in the playoffs, everything gets magnified. Yep. And it's the same thing in, in MLB. And that's why the stakes are higher.
0: You get that. I mean, how, how many times have we seen, like, the what was it, the one year the Kings limped into the playoffs in eighth place? Yeah. And ran the table and it wasn't close. (laughs) Then Jonathan Quick happened. Right. Like, wait, somebody did that in baseball. It was the Giants because of Madison Bumgarner, Bumgarner. who threw nine times in one series. Somehow in a seven game series, he pitched in nine different games. I don't know how he did it. And then he threw a bullpen the next day just for fun to say, fuck you. Yeah. Like, that's that's why they're amazing because they're team sports, but one dude can just take it over. Right. In a way that you that's, had no clue. And that's
1: that's why, you know, there's going to be the football truthers who are the – it's the ultimate team game. And they're not wrong. Yeah. Because it really is. It's a, it's an 11-man chess game on steroids. But these other – the other major sports, like, I th- – very much enjoy watching Jack Eichel get the puck on his stick and go end to end for three straight periods and end up outscoring the Ottawa Senators 4 to 2 last year.
0: Right. Like the and, final score was 4 to 2 Sabers, Jack Eichel had all four goals. And he makes it look so effortless. I know. And to, like to the point that when he's not playing well or he's not producing, people say he looks lethargic and he doesn't care.
1: Right. No, they go they go okay, well it's very obvious when something's wrong with Jack. Right. It's cuz you know what he's capable of. And I think that is – it's the same thing with a, with a pitcher. You know, when, when they're dealing, there's nothing you can do about it. And I enjoy watching that. Honestly, Patrick Mahomes, when he's dealing, what are you going to do? Right. It's the same idea. And you just – because of that, there's more open space and it's more of a free-flowing game in hockey, you're going to get more opportunities for guys to show off that talent in in short little bursts.
0: Yep. You know, and, and it's funny because now – in the days of modern technology and everything else, you're starting to see get like there. There are camera crews who are dedicated to just your job is to focus on the left defenseman. No matter who it is, right. you just follow him with a camera so you can break down people's play. We we actually I tweeted something, I think, from Hats, Tats and Sass, and I shared it on my personal Twitter account. It was like, this is what I look like my first time playing Chell with. my oh, buddies Oh, yeah. Just, the pure. Do, like he did nothing. Well, he <laughs> he did a very good job of getting himself shipped
1: out of town. Oh, I bet. <laughs> did you, oh, did you hear about that trade at all? No, no, he's no. not in the hockey world. Big news this week was that that guy, they, uh, the and Chicklets, dubbed it the Shift Twenty Twenty One because he had three minutes played in that game, and then John Tortorella of the Columbus Blue Jackets stapled his ass to the bench because two games before that he had said, "I want out of Columbus," and he was their number one center, and then oh started boy. playing like that, and torts who if you're in the NHL world and know he is just no-nonsense, old-fashioned, like my way or the highway, and sat him two days later. He's out of town for Patrick Laine and Mark Rossovich from the uh, Winnipeg Jets, which is interesting because Paul Maurice in Winnipeg is like the Canadian version of John Tortorella. So it'll be really interesting to see how that goes.
0: Yeah, that'll be... That'll be definitely, I can't believe I didn't see that because, like, the that, that video was everywhere. Oh, and my God, it yeah. was amazing. He and literally yeah.
1: went out there, twirled a couple times, took, like, three hard steps, got off, and never got back on the ice for the Columbus Blue Jackets again.
0: Yeah, he, he basically meandered between the blue lines, got about three strides deep on either side, yeah. and then sat down. Whew, that was rough to watch. I Like, I'm literally going, like, there's. Like, this has got to end with, like, him somehow getting a goal, that's, that's right? Just, that's like, just
1: somebody who keeps trying to, like, replug batteries into the controller, and it keeps dying. Yeah, got to turn And then turn you, like, you get it back, and you just try to go back the <laughs> other way, and then it falls yeah. out again.
0: <laughs> that's a great reference. Uh, scrolling through the NHL news here, the Hurricanes are looking to resume their season on Thursday. Yep. Uh, that's, don't care about fantasy hockey. Uh, again, the the Golden Knights don't have a coach.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. And the way they worded it, they said most didn't test positive. So they they but they said elite like they said, it's at minimum one tested positive, but they're not saying that more than one tested positive. It's such a weird, vague.
0: Yeah. But well they don't have a coaching staff. <laughs> right. So weird. Um, uh, it, it's so. So I'm, I'm like scrolling through all of this and I'm like, wow, there's I need to pay more attention to hockey if we're going to do this. So I um, mean, but it's it's just wild stuff. It is. It? Yeah, it is. So like like watching like senators try to get going and rematch at Canucks like. OK, oh, OK. How's Lindy Ruff doing over there in Jersey?
1: Lindy is crushing it, man. I love Lindy. Miss Lindy. He said that we were going to beat the Chiefs. Uh, so he's he was with us. Um if there's one thing Lindy is good for, he's kind of like Dan Bylsma. Great power play and penalty kill. Right. He's like a big specs guy. We're gonna win the game with specs, and then like at least hold them five on five to even, um, and that's where he tries to get the point differential. And I gotta tell you, New Jersey's looking good. Uh, a lot of early draft picks will will eventually do that for you. You know, they got two number one draft picks in in their offense, so it's nice to see them taking a step despite the fact that we are going to have to play them this year.
0: You know, and it's interesting, too, because I I was a big fan of Ruff when he was here. Uh, I also felt that when we got rid of him, he had run his course. Uh, yeah, and, there's, and there's there's a time. Like it, well, in and, and my opinion, there was a disconnect there. So, like, when, when you look at, like, look at what's going on with the Bills right now. Right. McDermott and Bean are on the same page across the board. And, like, over time, like, Ruff had a great team. that he did great things with, and those dudes fit the style of hockey he wanted to play. Eventually, players move on, and you have one of two choices.
1: Well, I I, I always compare the Lindy Ruff thing to Andy Reid's exit of Philly. I think it's pretty much the same thing. It's like, yeah, you you got to conference championships. You even got a shot at the the title. You've been here forever, but at this time, like We've been doing this for a while, and it's just—it's time, man. Like you
0: got to go pursue it somewhere else. We're going to pursue it this different way. Right. Not really any hard feelings. No. And and like I said, it was one of those things. It you know, you had rough like when you lose those guys and you try to replace them, you either need to replace them with guys who can play the same style because rough was very very consistent on we, the well, style the, of hockey he wanted to play. I mean,
1: everybody like hates on the Briere and Drury things and all that, but we got. Super lucky with that with that team because Pominville wasn't supposed to pop when he did. No. Uh, he got pulled up and never went down. Like, that's how that worked. Um, Tim Conley, same kind of thing. Vanek was supposed to go play at Minnesota, ended up playing in Rochester because of the lockout year, and then all of a sudden he's ready to go. Right. So, like, there's three guys right there. Brian Campbell was unproven commodity, and he popped. So, like, all of this happened at once, and Ryan Miller shows up. Right. So like we got really lucky. We had a ton of VLCs. You want to look at it in like football or other terms.
0: That's your rookie contracts. Right. So that's when it's going to be cheap, and then you got to start paying guys. Well, and like I said, when those guys leave, that's fine. It's going to happen. Like the you better draft
1: well, and we did not draft well.
0: Right. And you you have to find guys that fit the scheme, or the scheme has to change. And right. we did neither. Like, you know, he he wanted to play a certain style, and our you know our management looked and said, "Hey, we got you this like." Like one of one of the most feared defense like feared hitting defensemen since Scott Stevens. And Ruff went stop hitting people, start grinding in the corners. Mm, but wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, and that's that's hey, that's hey, where hey, the disconnect hey, was. Hey, hey yeah. Josh. Uh, stop throwing the football, hand it off. Oh wait, there's people saying that right now. I know. That's something different. Don't get me started. Yeah, no, we don't need to don't get, get me into started. that. We'll,
1: we'll, we'll let that go for a couple weeks and then we'll start talking. About we'll we'll let that go till we'll
0: let that go to the Super Bowl Super Show. But uh, yeah, I mean that's that was my issue with Ruff is that he wanted to play like he didn't want to adjust to the to the new style of player he was getting right. But at
1: that point, he he should have been talking to Darcy and saying like, Hey man, I got my system. Let's go find the guys. I don't want to have to build a new system around the guys that you're getting.
0: And and that's where the disconnect was. I think I think he was trying to say that, and I don't think Darcy really. So honestly, I
1: think that like it's it's interesting that Botterill brought in Kruger because they were boys and. Honestly, starting to look at it, uh, if Dylan Cousins is really good and Ryan Johnson is pretty good, we might have to apologize to Botterill. Because Cousins is looking
0: really good. Right.
1: Mitz might have been a miss. I still like Casey Middlestad on the wing, by the way, and the other night he got in the game and got a power play assist. I thought he looks good on the wing. He's He's got the skill there, and he doesn't have to – do too much defensively like a center does right he can rely on somebody else to do that all you have to do is cover the point come down every once in a while and then make your fancy plays on the wing
0: yeah and he I mean he's currently sitting on our taxi squad
1: yeah I mean there's nothing wrong with that it he got in and he got a point he's gonna get another chance and at that point if you just keep scoring or getting points it's gonna come at a, a time where the coach is like yeah we have to play you right
0: So, uh, and I I want your opinion on two things here before we wrap up the show. Um, I've heard, and I've only saw, like I said, I've seen bits and chunks and pieces here of what's been going on with the Savers. What is your opinion of the goaltending situation? Because everything I've seen, it doesn't look good. Yeah, I'm not nearly as down
1: on it as, as other people are. I don't think Carter Hutton should be on the team. I mean, I'd love to ship him out for, like, a draft pick or something, but, like, everyone's saying, go get Mark andre Fleury. Why would I want to pay $4.5 million this year? Because, like, we would have to make them eat some salary because he's got, like, a $7 million cap hit. And we would have to make Vegas eat some salary, which automatically lowers the value that we can get on him. And then you bring in Marc-Andre Fleury, who's, like, 39, has had career lows in save percentage and goals against average and quality starts in the past two years. Like, he's clearly on the decline. And what is that going to do? You're going to get rid of Carter Hutton for a guy who's arguably not better. And at that point, the biggest thing in the NHL is goaltending. You don't want to over – the Montreal Canadiens pay Carey Price $10 million a year. Not really worth it when you can't have a team around him. So it's kind of like a running back where, like, you need value goaltending. You need, like, guys to perform well and – Anytime you spend over, like, $6 million on a goalie, you can easily eat that contract quick. Right now, we have cheap goaltending. Right. So, at the very least, Allmark's not costing us that much. Hutton's costing us, like, two point five mil. where, like, okay, if he's going to suck, I'd rather have the same goalie suck for much less money. And then Jonas Johansson's not bad. Like, he, sh- he could get a backup shot here. I wouldn't mind getting him some starts and seeing. And the other thing, I don't know what the deal is with this, but, like, if we're having goaltending issues, bring over UPL. He's been playing. He started in the ECHL last year. He played for the AHL team and played well. He's been starting in Liga in Finland and, and crushing it. Like he's had starting gigs
0: before, and you don't even need him to be a starter. Throw him some games. Right. See what he's got at the NHL level. I mean, and who knows? Maybe you find your diamond in the rough. Not that he's, you know, a diamond in the rough, all, he's, but no, he's all. No, he's just a diamond is, is right. allegedly what it is. So, yeah. like,
1: at that point, and I know I brought this up last time I was on the podcast, but that's what the Flyers did with Carter Hart last year. It happens all the time. It's honestly kind of what we did with Ryan Miller. Like, Ryan Miller played three games in the NHL, then went and played in the AHL, and then the next season was backup, and then all of a sudden it was, like, the Ryan Miller show.
0: Right, and all of a sudden he's in the talk for best goalie in the world.
1: Also. Linus Allmark is a very good goalie. Like, people are hating on Linus. His five-on-five save percentage is, like, top six in the league. And the only reason that the penalty kill save percentage is low is because the penalty kill is not great. And that's – honestly, I never put penalty kill save percentage really on a goalie because at that point you're already outmanned. And the easiest thing on power play, as soon as you get – the puck crossing back and forth, and they're getting it through your defense. You're, the goalie's screwed, man. Because yeah. he's, he's bouncing back and forth like a freaking pinball, and they the offense has him at their will.
0: Yeah. Oh, and then there's probably at least six people in front of you.
1: Right. So, in other words, if Linus is going to give you – if he's going to give you great play five-on-five, five, make sure you don't take penalties, or if you do, have a power play good enough that every time you get, draw a penalty, you score. Right. That is exactly what we're doing. We're forcing shots from the outside – we're driving to the net. We're getting a ton of slot shots. We're not great on the penalty kill, but we have a pretty good power play. And it's like, hey man, you, you, if you're gonna let us have a man up, you're gonna we're gonna at least
0: even out the power play game. Right. My my last piece here, and I pulled up, I pulled up the tits again. Love it, because I'm gonna get to the tits. What is first off? All right, I, I'm gonna start with the tits, I guess. What's going on with the Seattle Kraken? Yeah, I just put Seattle in there because they're getting into the league after
1: this year. So, first of all, like all the players in the league, there's going to be a certain amount protected by each team, and then from, like, the bottom half of the roster, you're going they're going to get to pick some players. I put them in at 32 just because 32 is also what had the NFL. They're coming in next year, and then I just put the
0: league average As their score. Got it, got it, got it. And are you as pissed off about their logo and branding as I am? I would not be pissed off about it. Oh, it sucks. Why? It's the Seagram's logo. You had the world by the balls. Your team name is the Kraken. It could have been the most badass of badass names. It could have been Cobra Kai of the NHL. Or it could have been Eagle Fang, which I know you don't understand yet, but you will. Okay, first of all, color scheme. Mwah, bone apple teeth. Yeah, because you're a DePew guy, and blue on blue on blue is your is your jam. I wanted second of I all, I wanted black, neon green, and purple. Well, and that's just that's just kind of gay.
1: I know it's 2021, and I'm not supposed to be able to say that, but like
0: no, you mean it like
1: South Park does? I yeah, get it. Yeah. Um, and honestly, man, like the they they did a really nice job of changing up the blues, and the they do just the right amount of red. To make that pop i like their their jerseys and stuff their gloves are also beautiful their secondary logo logo with the uh the seattle space needle is on an anchor on an anchor that's that's pretty bomb i like
0: that more than their primary listen listen
1: here's the thing jaws right in about eight years they're gonna have a new logo All right. It's not going to it's not here forever. It's not here to stay. These things are updating and changing all the time. I know. I mean, Vegas has been in the league for what? This is their fourth year and they already have four jerseys.
0: Because that's the move, man. Relax. The the move is the move is to look good. Yeah. And I guarantee you
1: that on the ice, their jerseys and stuff I just wanted so
0: much more. And that's what bothers me
1: about it. Listen, I,
0: it is certainly. And I didn't want it to be the Seagrams
1: logo. It's certainly not the Los Angeles Rams. It's it's not
0: it's not as bad as that. So that's fair. Uh, I like it was just so disappointing. There was so much hype around it, and so also, like, if you like, ever want to have a good game,
1: uh, you should see, you should just you and your buddy or buddies sit down, watch like a bunch of hockey, and see how many Seagrams you can drink before you either pass out
0: from sugar high or get drunk. Yeah, you know, my friends, we'd all be, we'd all be on the sugar high. <laughs> yeah, I just, I did. I just wanted it to be, I wanted it to be better. It's not bad. It's just not as, it's just not what I wanted, I guess. And that's just makes me mad. I'm sorry that they didn't cater to one specific guy from Buffalo, New York. There was just, like, the listen, there were a lot of, like, fan concepts and stuff out there that all yeah, looked really I know. cool. Well, and, like, that's that's the thing is you're always going to see something
1: that you're like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Why didn't they do that? And Because well,
0: like, they didn't hire the guy who did that. Right. But, like, they, they could have at least, like, looked around and been like, wow, there's a lot of cool-looking stuff out here. We should go along those lines. They went, a lot of cool-looking stuff out here. Let's do this. I don't think that's how it that's goes. That's 100% how it goes
1: pretty sure they bring in like a whole team of different graphic designers but
0: yeah but so what i want is i want you to take a group of dudes like uh, a lot and of ladies a lot of uh the minor league teams in for major league baseball did this where they actually hired like there's actually two dudes that ended up doing like 40 or 50 different teams where they went in and they spent time in, in the city in the area and like learned about it and like created team logos right, well, and color schemes and everything for these teams that fit and branded to the area, and you I don't didn't disagree need to do with that. You had a cool name. I don't disagree with that, but I also
1: think that there's like like the Pagula's Entertainment have their own graphic design team. Where if the Sabers or Bills need like new jerseys or logos, I'm sure that they would pitch ideas around them because they're kind of homegrown. You I, know what I mean? And yes,
0: and I agree with that. I, just, I obviously
1: not in the big markets, but like the NHL is not exactly just big markets. It's no. it's very dissimilar from the other big four. Uh, sports in that way where like Edmonton Calgary Winnipeg Montreal are significantly smaller than American markets
0: well and, and but that's also I mean minor league baseball teams did it there's not a single major market yeah minor you're right. league team you're right so
1: hey that's not true give me the Buffalo Bisons I said major market <laughs> yeah we're major market yeah, because have you we're seeing the TV ratings be, because, for any sports.
0: Because we're rabid sports fans, not we're because we're big.
1: Posi- we're just a- always spouting blue light out of our pores. Yeah, and watching sports and being angry. That's Buffalo in a nutshell.
0: Which is funny because, like, the Bandits don't have don't wear blue. The Bisons don't wear blue anymore. Then when they did, it was the worst jerseys they ever had. Yeah, God, know, I'm so glad was... we're not with the Mets anymore.
1: I was so hyped when we got when we got signed with the Mets because I was like always a Mets guy because in school I'm not a baseball guy in school it was always Yankees Red Sox I was like fuck you guys Mets are sick <laughs> go <laughs> and I got hyped because the the Bisons got
0: signed by them and then they just had trash uniforms I was like this is miserable go Blue Jays which actually you know I say that and I could I could be totally off base we might have uh, we yeah. might have some blue in our jerseys right now we definitely got some blue but isn't it gray away white home. That reverse. I'm pulling us up. Yeah, no, we went back. To, we have more like Bill's colors. It's like a a, a little bit deeper red and blue. All right, cool. and, I, and I forgot that we went to that because we are with the. Well, nobody's been to a game in how long? Right, but I, I went. Wait a minute. I'm sitting here wearing a Buffalo Blue Jays hoodie because we're with the Blue Jays now, and yeah, we probably have some colors. He goes,
1: Man, I missed the blue. There's blue in the goddamn name, the
0: Blue Jays. Right. So, yeah. I take that back. The bisons wear blue. The bandits do not. The bandits do not, but the bandits, the bandits die. don't have to. They're a standalone thing. That's that you know, is a,
1: an incredible time if you are ever in Buffalo and the bandits are playing. Get to a game, even if you don't know lacrosse. It's just a great
0: I don't time. listen, and I can I can attest that I don't understand lacrosse. I you know just you go shoot. there, you drink a lot of beer, and you you scream and watch people match. And it, like they play, they play music through the whole thing. Yeah, the play-by-play guys, actually like, the PA I, guy. I, it's I like great. to say it's full contact basketball. Is really Basically. what it is
1: because like the guys will hammer on each other the whole time, but it's it's the up and down game of basketball, fast
0: breaks, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, and it's it's a lot of fun. I can attest to that completely. So, um, anything else for the good of the NHL hats, tats, and stats on ice order? No, uh, go Sabers. Sabers are looking they're looking up. Don't worry about it. I've I've heard like there's a lot of people out there that you know on the surface because we're you know we're three three and one and stuff like that or you know Sabers suck and you know Eichel's. Like underlying
1: numbers look good. N- very limited preseason to get guys back into game shape,
0: and we're hitting strides in week three. It's going to be all right. Yeah, and I mean, listen, fight, fight for a playoff spot in this division. If you fight yeah, for a playoff, once spot, again, it, it's it, it's it's you a, it's can't a good be year.
1: yeah. As long as you're not bottom of the division by like a huge freaking margin of like twenty points or whatever. If you miss the playoffs by like anything less than ten points. This division, is, it's tough as hell, man.
0: Like Again, especially with where we've been the last two years. Right. I mean – There's no right. way
1: – if you if you turn on a game from last year and I turned on the game from the other night, the team that you saw, despite the fact that,
0: like, more than half of it is the same guys, night and day difference how they're playing. Yeah. And, I mean, as it sits right now, we're two points out of a playoff spot. Also, for all the Ralph Kruger haters, it's very clear in his second year that his system
1: is – I mean, defensively, it, they there was an advanced stat I saw today. Goalies' workload is both of them the lowest in the NHL. We allow only outside shots, which is the easiest for the for a goalie to save, if right. you think about it.
0: And then we are shooting from directly in front of their goalie, uh, so much. Well, you know, maybe this turns into a situation where people were questioning the, uh, you know, they're questioning McDermott signing initially and it turned out to be a gold mine, so maybe maybe it just takes a little while to maybe there's a process I will, to be I will i will make
1: one more point here uh in in defense of ralph because i had this conversation the other day i think him having experience in the premier league as a soccer manager in this kind of schedule where you're not going to be able to have guys play every game they're going to get worn down his experience in the soccer world where you would have to substitute guys into lineups and still make it click I think it'll be very good with the taxi squad. I think we've already seen it. He slides mitts into the lineup. He gets an assist, and that was when Cousins had just scored and came out. Cousins comes back in. Now he's scoring again. So, you know what I mean? I think that's really uh, – he has a nice manager overhead view of when to play guys, when not to play guys in terms of just keeping them fresh.
0: Which is huge, especially in the uh, – Right,
1: in the shortened
0: schedule. Yeah. It's going to be massive. You know, I mean, that's that's been something we've heard for – almost a year now with the way the world is, is just, it's a different world than managing the game. Right. And it doesn't matter what the game is. You got to right. manage it. Well, so, uh, and I, I don't see him being caught with his pants down with, uh, right. Oh, Hey, we don't have a goalie at all for today. No, that it doesn't seem like his style. So
1: the only time that we really came close to that was because Linus, his uh, father passed away, rest right. in peace. Um, but now he's back. So, yeah. So, and crushing it by yeah. the way, he, he's looked really good his past two games. And, uh,
0: well what he's played the past three hasn't he Mm -hmm. and he's two oh and one so yeah guys balling yeah tough to argue with that so thanks for tuning in to the uh, first episode of hats tats and stats on ice and uh you guys can stay tuned or it's not going to be anything really much more different it's going to be more of the same just a different sport and maybe we'll talk about some other sports here and there too uh now that the football season is winding down and look forward to our NFL Super Bowl Super Show, hopefully with the entire force of Hats, Tats, and Stats co-hosts. It can only end well. It can only only end well. well. It's going to be a lot of fun to to hear that go back and forth next week. So hopefully we get all four of us in the same room together. We can get it done and uh, look forward to that. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll catch you next time. Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast is brought to you by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality, fully custom-sublimated uniforms and apparel that'll have you looking great on and off the field. Get your custom-made pro-quality gear today at StingerWoodBats.com and put that S on your chest. Use promo code Cap, all one word, for 10% off your order. Stinger Sports. Look great. Feel great. Play great.